No, she blows. I'm so silly. I didn't even put my notes up. Notes for what? I'm so silly. I didn't even... Huh? Notes for what? Oh, the session? Oh, the episode. I don't know what episode I thought I was going to talk about. Five. Unero five. Numero five. <laughs> Back to that again. Unero is just like a combination of number and one. <laughs> Are you on that Unero? <laughs> Unero, let's go. Let's go. Hi, I'm Ellis. And I'm Dan. And you are listening to In Our Interracial Opinion. A podcast where we're going to be discussing a variety of social and cultural topics. P.S. Our podcast may contain explicit language and all of our opinions are our own. P.P.S. This is your trigger warning. In this episode, we will be discussing body image and mental health, which may be triggering to some listeners. Good evening, Ellis. Hello, Daniel. How are we this week? It's been a stressful week. I've just asked you a question and I've just answered it myself. I know, thanks, Daniel. <laughs> I agree. Uh, sort of stressful, sort of happiness, sort of mixture of all sorts. Are you still riding the high from getting into drama school? Yes, because I've now got my own MacBook, so I am happy to have that, although accommodation is stressing me out, and I don't know what to do, and the person that I'm meant to be, like, sort of sharing rooms with, we're still having a discussion on that, and I don't know what to do, because I don't want it to disappear, but everything's also very expensive in London. I was going to say, it's London. (laughs) And uh, I'm not happy about it, but I'll get over it, I'll figure it out. Yeah, why do you have to have dreams, Alice? Jesus. I know, ugh. God, can't you have something simple like working in that? I would say working in Asda, but there's nothing wrong with working in Asda. There is, I know what you're trying to say. You're going to get cancelled again. Oh, Jesus that's what Christ. I am too. You're on I that high. I'm going to sip this tea. Hmm. But yeah, it's been a stressful week for myself as well. Not the best of weekends to begin with. Because because you got told self-isolate. Well, yes, I got to. And you didn't, and you didn't want to self isolate, and you almost didn't self isolate. Can we not get into this? Because I did self isolate over the weekend, but I did I not have to convince you? Did I not have to convince you? I played by the rules, Mm. and according to work, because obviously it was a workplace thing, and I stuck to the guidelines by my workplace. I took a test. I was negative, therefore I could go to work. My budgie is in the background. Very bluey. He's, he's nodding his little head. Bless him. Bless his little cotton, what are they called, you... stalk feet? Stalk feet? It's just feet. No, birds have like a name for the feet, right? Feet. Mm-hmm. Anyways, before we get started, yeah. I, made a point, I wanted to spring this on you today. I had it brought to my attention by a listener who got in touch with me. Hello, Ellie. Thanks for listening. And Your friend, Ellie. Me, yeah, from uni. And she told me that I have been saying nougat, right, on the episode. And also a few members of staff at work also confirmed that nougat is the correct way to say it. Plus, they believe that you are wrong on your opinions on bounty. Um, so two things on that. In terms of nougat, I'm saying it because you said nugget before. So why are you trying to change your dialect? As in terms of chicken nugget, not as in no. like a, a when nougat. When we go to Whole Fair, 
You've said I'm going to get Nugget. You've never said I'm going to get Nougat. So you're a liar. So I don't even you're like Nougat. I don't even like Nougat. Apparently you do. And plus, well, it, I'm still going to say Nougat. I do like it in a milky way, but that's because it's light and fluffy. And secondly, people are wrong on bounties. Bounties are disgusting. You're also Vile. wrong on bounties in, in, in that case. You also, didn't, you also didn't like the bounty, so... That, no, I didn't like that bounty. Exactly. Well, let's just agree to disagree once more. Hmm. Hmm. And let's move on to this week's topic. If you insist. Which is? Body image. The lovely, amazing, fantastic world of body image. A theme that's quite personal to both of us, I would say. Personal to us, but also the reason that we want to do it is because it affects multiple people, a multitude of people all around the world, both positively and negatively, mostly negatively. And that's mostly what we're going to be touching on today. Aye. And I feel like we're going to have like an open therapy session with our listeners. We are. <laughs> At least we don't have to pay for it. That is very true. I mean... We don't have to pay for it anyway, we'll be in NHS, but, <laughs> you know, to That's all those true. listeners in America, this is what free healthcare is like. Love you, free healthcare. But in terms of body image, where do you think your mindset is in terms of your own body at the minute? Because the I minute, know there's been a lot of ups and downs. Well, I struggle with how my, well, how I feel inside my own body quite a lot of the time and that's been the way since uh since probably about y- year six yeah sort of about the age you become more aware of what you look like and especially when you're growing up and you're not the skinniest in the class and well you're more or less on the tubby side and then you grow up say and then your friends are like and your family are like oh it's just puppy fat have you heard that term before have I heard that term before? I was the puppy fat king in primary. Exactly, and it's you, you think, oh, well, in that case, I'll just grow out of it then. And you feel like, not that there's anything wrong with being on the larger side at all, but when you're in your own head and you're in your own mindset that people bully you for being the size that you are, it sort of puts that image inside your head that being bigger isn't the greatest so yeah for me personally at the minute I'm still on that journey we'll call it a journey of finding what I'm happy with and I'm still stop believing but I think that the more you appreciate you because we can sit here all day and then say oh love the skin that you're in love your body but we know personally that it's we fucking just, hard. It's bullshit, isn't it? It's absolute bullshit that is coming out of our mouths. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say it's bullshit because I feel like you should. It's hypocritical. Is, yeah, it would be hypocritical because, like you said, we've both got, we've both struggled with our body image quite a lot, and I feel like, like you sort of touched on a little bit. It stemmed from primary school for me, mm-hmm. um, because I remember there was some speakers that came into school. Uh, our primary school, and we're showing us these videos of, like, this large boy who's around the same age as us, like, divulging in, like, all this chocolate and, like, unhealthy food, and then telling us that he's going to die young, he's going to get clogged arteries, he's going to have this, that, this, that. And I feel like it was a scare tactic to 
try and scare us off. Yeah. But if we then look at that and then look at ourselves and be like, oh, well, maybe I do look like that. I feel like that puts Im- puts images in your head that aren't particularly true. Um, and then that made me look at myself being like, do I look like that? If I'm going to look like that, am I going to die? Like, what's going to happen? I have to, I, it's sort of backwards in my mind. And also around the same time, I know that school started introducing making children get BMI tests. Yes, I was just about to touch upon that. I think what scared me the most was, do you remember, and this is horrible looking back on it, do you remember going into the room with the nurse and being weird? Yep. At like year five going into year six. And I remember being told, and my my mum being sat down and told, since she was a teacher at the, at the school at the time, and... They told my mum that they need to look after me better because I'm obese. Now, can you imagine how that made me feel? Being told that I'm obese, all these negative stigmas that are attached with the word obesity. Yeah, I feel like it was definitely, I think it was a scheme by the government to try and get children and parents to think more about healthy eating and exercise and stuff. But it's actually had the negative the uh, reverse effects especially on like like say you and me because i remember getting told i'm gonna sneeze no that's not what i was told but what i was what i was told is when i got weird and everything i got a letter myself i think uh, to say that i was obese and that i was overweight and i remember people asking me afterwards being like uh i got told that i was um normal weight i got told that i was like this i got told that was that and i got told that i was overweight and i just told everyone that i got told that was normal weight because i was scared how other people would perceive me and how i'd be judged and that at five year five year six when we're like eight nine ten years old how are we meant to grow up thinking all these positive things about our body trying to make sure that we have some self-care and self-love after we've already been told that we're not good enough at this time. How is exactly. that planting that? How is planting that in a kid's brain when they're so young going to help them in the future? Like that, that doesn't make sense to me. By all means, teach me about how to eat healthy, how to exercise correctly, to maintain or to become a little bit more healthier in your lifestyle. But to tell a child that they are a beast and that they need to do more to help their own health because because of their the way that they look in, in a sense it's not the best way to go about things and that's definitely where my body image issues started because that's when I started to compare myself to other children I remember getting changed for piggy we we had two classrooms separated by a door like a door with like a corridor boys and mum and girls in another room I remember getting changed and trying to hide myself and like trying to put my shirt on did like, you ever did, did you ever do that room. trick where you could put your shirt on, but like take your shirt off at the same same time type of thing. So you you sort of hid your body. Um, I'm not a magician, so I didn't know how to do that. Unfortunately, what I did is that I used to take my top off and sort of like hold it in front of myself, mm-hmm. and then put on the top, like try and do it really quickly so no one saw. But I remember looking. Uh, around the room and seeing these skin, uh, skinnier boys or slimmer boys than me and being very, very upset that I didn't look that way. But that was only after I had that test saying that I was overweight. Uh, before that, I didn't bother and I, I didn't really care. But it sort of put into my mind how I wasn't the slimmest and wasn't the healthiest, but it didn't help in that sense. 
I think we've got to also appreciate that. Well, I'm, I'm saying we, but from my point of view as well, my family aren't the skinniest of families anyway. Ooh. No, 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 and I don't mean this in a, I don't mean this in a bad sense because there's there's nothing wrong with being not skinny at all. But when you come from a family where your mother is a trained baker and your grandma's a, a baker and there's lots of, I I say I want to use the word hearty foods because it's not healthy as such, yeah. but portion sizes are an issue as well. Like, my mum would, I mean, I've got issues with it now, really, because when you you diet in, and then you look back, and the portion sizes are massive compared to what they actually should be. And when you look back, you think, well, there's no wonder I got to the size that I did when you don't grow up knowing, well, I could use this in quotation marks, proper portion sizes but then that's also you having a negative effect on your body image like obviously you shouldn't have been necessarily overfed <laughs> in that sense but because I was overfed i think my mom just sort of liked to my mom's a feeder isn't yeah. she? yeah feeder and there's no such thing as i mean i mean you've been around to my house when it's been like a buffet a, ba- a birthday party yeah. And there's like 10 people around. And it's like my mum's feeding the 5,000. <laughs> and I think that's, that's lame. where it goes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all because I love food. That's See, that's the issue again. I love food. You seem to be scared of food, though. That's what scares me. I know. It's weird. It's I have this weird thing that goes on inside my head where I absolutely love food one minute. But then the next thing it, next, next thing it. <laughs> The next minute, I'm scared to even touch something to eat. Yeah, it's scary because, like you say, this all stems from childhood. And when with us growing up in that mentality, I don't know how they expect us to get out of it. Especially growing up following primary school, I've never been like the skinniest person. I've never been, especially in secondary, I wasn't. I, I was never bullied, I'm going to say that now, I was never bullied for my weight or anything, but I always had a negative view on myself because of everything that I got told as a child, saying about um, my BMI, and that puts me in a position of, I, I upset myself, and I still do it to this day, even though I'm not as big as I guess I was, in a, in a way. For do you think you size. see yourself, sorry, to, to, do you think you see yourself, when you look back, do you ever see yourself as being huge when you was younger even though you you wasn't do you know what i mean like did um, you see yourself as being bigger as th- than what you thought yes and no so i feel like when i look back at pictures at primary i thought that i was quite big then even though i wasn't that big like i was chunky but again it's like the puppy fat thing or like you're gonna lose it or whatever but then going into secondary, I feel like because I, it didn't really get lost, and I, I are, I've always had like a chubby face anyway, even like as little, like a little little kid. I didn't necessarily feel like I, I should be at the weight that I was, and I still don't feel like that now. To be honest, it's hard to it's hard to compute because I, I I've never felt like I was I looked completely like overweight. I don't think I ever looked big, but because of that thing in my head about this obese little kid i was told that he was obese and that he was fat and that he needed to lose weight 
I've now feel like that's carried on throughout my whole life. Even when I lost loads of weight, because I started the gym in whatever year it was, 2016, I think it was, uh, during college, and I lost so much weight that I became underweight. Mm. And even when I was un- when I was underweight, I still felt fat. Like I I, I felt I can, awful. I yeah. I used to keep pulling my t-shirt t-shirts back behind me so that I look skinnier because I felt like my t-shirts made me look bigger. And I feel like that still now. And then when I went to the doctor to get weighed and they told me that I was underweight, the nurse said to me, well, you don't look underweight, so it's fine. So I felt like that's how I should look. I should be underweight. I should I should be the, the weight that I am um, at that time. So then since gaining weight, since being underweight, I've now felt following that, that because I'm not that skinny or not that slim, not as slim as I was, that I'm not the right way and that I'm fat again. And it, it, it comes in waves because sometimes I feel like I look fine. Then other days it's, it, it gets on top of me. And I feel yeah. like that's rel- relatable because I feel like a lot of people feel like that, especially with social media and everything. Like it's cliche to say social media, let's face it. So everyone's like, oh my God, social media's got such a huge effect. Yeah, it does. It, it really does, doesn't it? And especially in the LGBT community as, as well. Do you know what I yeah, mean? There's a lot of. I was of, going to touch on that as well. Yeah, there's a lot of stigma and sort of, oh, you need to look like this. You need to look like that. You're not desirable. So even like to a stretch, age comes into it. If you're not under a certain age, you're not under a certain weight. You don't look like this. You're undesirable. And it puts images in your head. And you feel shit about yourself, don't you? One day, like, yeah. one day you can be feeling fine. Oh, I'm feeling excellent about myself. And then maybe a couple of hours later, something even, like, circumstantial happens, doesn't it? And the whole mood just switches. Yeah, it, it, it's It's awful. almost... It is... I say it's almost. It is a mental health issue, isn't it? It 1,000% is. And... I'm going to touch on that a little bit more and go a little bit more into our personal stories about how we've coped with it after this little bit of a break, 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 break. And we are back from a little bit of a a little bit of a break, a little bit of a de-stress, a little bit of a declutter of the brain. I feel more stressed. <laughs> <laughs> like I said before, the little break, we're going to go into a little bit more of a personal journey and touch on it a little bit deeper about our own body image and uh, how that might have affected relationships or how that's affected different things in our lives. So, Daniel, have you done anything a little bit weird or, I don't want to say weird, but gone to any extremes about uh regarding your weight for for example losing weight or uh, have you gone into any sort of mental battles or what what's that going to be like for you i think i'm in one at the minute i'm always i've constantly been in one since probably the end of university not well, maybe the the first year of university yeah now, you know personally i got up to quite a large weight mm-hmm at the end of the first year, I mean, it's first year at uni, you spend your time, you'll you'll find out this when you go, Thank you spend you. your time drinking, 
we friends, going to the pub, and it didn't help as well that there was a McDonald's two minutes away from my university. I will not be able to afford any of that, so I think I'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) I see. I I couldn't. It's just when you're drunk, you feel like you can afford it, and then you wake up the next morning, and you're like, oh, maybe I can't afford it. I suppose so. But what I was saying was, like, at the end of the first year at uni, I came home, and um, I distinctively remember my mum looking at me and telling me, she going, Daniel, you're fat. I and I like families like, don't help any situations, especially older people. Oh, God, no, no. And especially when your grandma also goes as well, Daniel, don't you think you've put on a bit of weight? And you're like, well, yes, I do know that, now that I'm wearing almost size 40 pants. Yeah. I do feel like that, and I do feel crap about it. But what helped me was my mum and her best friend were doing Weight Watchers at the time. Mm-hmm. And they both had their battles with their weight, and I can re- really empathise with them. And I did at the time. So we we started doing Weight Watchers all together, and we we did all lose quite a lot of weight. Yeah. And then I I think I went from it was almost it was just over seventeen stone down yeah. to about ten and a half stone within the space of half a year. That's, that's so a good. lot. That's a lot. Well, you say it's good. It's it, it's good that because I wanted to do it. And you got not, healthier. And I got healthier. But I don't want to sort of say that for, for the listeners out there as well, saying that oh you have to lose weight when you get to a certain weight. Do you know what I mean? I feel like weighing yourself is negative anyway. But I feel like that coming out of my mouth just shows the way that it's drilled into us as a society mm-hmm. that. It's good to lose weight. We need to lose weight to be more attractive. We have to lose weight to uh, become better people, in a sense. So I feel like that that just shows how ingrained it is in, in my head, at least. How I think throughout life as well, everyone is a different body type, and we know this. Oh, one thousand percent, yeah. Everyone is a different body type. Everyone is going to go through their own personal journey with their body image, and it, body image isn't just about weight as well as it. It's about how you feel, how you look in terms of your appearance. I think I myself understand, and I reiterate the point again, that people, body image is one of those things, it's a personal journey. And I know that people are beautiful as they are. People should love themselves as they are. But in my head, I have a certain image on how I want to look and only recently I know that like before Christmas I got down to uh, a weight that I won't disclose and it was quite a a, a low weight and um, I had people commenting that I looked too skinny and that sort of affected me because in my head I'd lost that weight because I did start running didn't I almost a year ago actually now yeah. And I started running because it was a lockdown and I wanted to do it for health benefits and also because I was allowed that one piece of exercise. I wanted to get out of the house. And now, you know, that I'm I don't like staying inside the house. I can't. Then four yeah. days this weekend were absolute torture. And I felt like I'd got to a weight where I was quite comfortable. I would say once I completely comfortable in myself, yeah. but I was quite comfortable I was quite happier with the way I looked but I had an obsession with weighing myself like every so so many hours during the day 
Yeah, I used to tell you about that as well. And you know, I've probably mugged yeah. you about it multiple times, that it's not healthy to weigh yourself often, especially multiple times a day, because one, nothing's going to change. And if it does, you see yourself in a negative light, most likely if it, if it went up. Exactly. And, and of... so I, I'll just finish the little story that I was telling. Yeah, as I say, like people were telling me that I looked too skinny and I was like, well, what is the perfect weight then? You before, before you was telling me that I look too fat. Now, now I'm too skinny. Now I've lost a bit of weight. I just couldn't. I just can't find the perfect balance because I know personally that I've put on a little. I mean, not loads and loads of weight. It's, it's, it's literally nothing at all. But I've put on a little bit of weight during this last lockdown. And people would say, that, "Oh, it's a healthy weight," and it's healthier now that you've put on a little bit of weight. But to myself, I've I'm still fasting and I'm still, and I've started again, I've started running again, well I say I've started running again, I only had three days off, but I've said to myself, now that I'm back at work, I can't eat as much as I used to, and I feel like I, to myself, I'm thinking, that's a good thing, but it's not like I ate, I ate loads, is it? Well, now, no. I, just, like... I sometimes overindulge, especially on weekends, I'd probably get a look like I say I'd probably eat some chocolate or something like that it's probably nothing but to myself I'm like oh I've overindulged and I've messaged you loads haven't I saying mm -hmm. oh I feel really bad that I've had this chocolate bar tonight I feel really bad that I've gone and sat and ate a load of crisps when I know I shouldn't have but which doesn't make sense to me because the fact that you've lost all that weight and you've only put like the, the slightest bit on literally over Christmas it's like, like I, I, I've said it to you multiple times, but in terms of fasting and stuff, that's you don't need to do that anymore. But I feel like because it got into your into your routine of running, only having six hundred calories some days, and then to to lose weight, and then you've you've now lost weight, but because you put that little bit back on, I feel like you feel like you have to keep going on with it, which which in my head is silly cause you, because you don't need to. It's because I am very, very conscious of getting back up to the the weight that I was when I'd left university in the in the first year. I, mean, I never will get back to that weight at all because when you do realize as well when you lose your weight, your metabolism changes, and if you're exercising daily, you need the you need a bigger calorie intake. And even on your days that you're not fasting it's not like you eat bad it's not you don't even eat that many calories when when you're not fasting like you eat salads or like salads i mean I, <laughs> put that out there. I do like a good it is i do like salad it is nice no I, i'm not i'm not saying it's a bad thing that you're eating salads because obviously it's healthy but i'm just saying even on your days that you're not fasting for 600 calories for a day which like i say you don't need to do but it the, like, for example, you said that you was going to have a treat day of having a sandwich with salad. That's not a treat day, firstly. And two, I feel like, sort of reiterating what you've just said, I feel like you're, it's an insecurity and a, a pressure that you put on yourself because you were nearly 40 uh, waist before and you feel like you're going to put loads of weight back on if you eat a certain thing which is ridiculous but obviously again due to society and your own insecurities it's put that into your mind that that's what you have to do to to be a lot I mean, which would make you happier 
I will stand in front of the mirror in the bathroom and look at myself and well, I mean I don't I know, know. Why, I don't know why I do it after I've had something to eat because I'm obviously bloated. It does not make sense to me. I, I've caught you doing it in my bathroom before, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And it's, it sort of, it's, it's, it's it scares an obsession. me because it, it's an it, obsession. It, it scares me because it's not it's not anything that you need to do. Firstly, and secondly, you're judging yourself constantly on when when you don't even need to. People can listening to this as well can appreciate how hard it is to get something like that out of your head. When it's been, you, you've ingrained it. It's something that I've done to myself. I mean, how many times have we been shopping and I've picked something up and then we've gone around the shop again and you're like, well, didn't you just pick something up? And I was like, well, no, I'll just put it back. I don't need it. Yeah, no, it, it, it freaks me out a little bit because it's like, it, like you say, it's an obsession. But again, that society's pressure mm-hmm. on, on us to, to do, to be the certain way and to look skinny and, that's how you're going to be popular. That's how you're going to get all these things in life. But at the same time, even when you got to your goal where you still wasn't 100% happy. So when are you going to be happy? And that's something that we just need to I learn. as a, It's something that we need to learn as as people, that we need to be be more comfortable with, with who we are. Like we said, different body types. We're not all going to be the same. We're not all going to get to the same way. We don't need to get to the same way. Mm-hmm. We can still be healthy and be a little bit larger. But because we've got that pressure of looking a certain way, it's hard to get out of that mindset. And I will admit something. Is Do you remember when it was your birthday before Christmas? Uh-huh. Obviously, you remember when it was your birthday because it's always before Christmas. <laughs> and this was before there was the, the major restrictions and stuff like that about going around and sitting in people's gardens and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we, it, it, you'd arranged for other friends to have takeaway as well, didn't you? Yeah. And then I said, oh, I, I'm busy at home. The reason I didn't stay for that takeaway that night, and you probably know, you probably knew deep down anyway. Is Not because, deep down, it was right on the surface. Exactly. And I felt awful afterwards that I didn't share that moment with you because of my own personal struggles that I'd go home I, I mean that day I remember actually because I'd had nothing to eat and I went on a 10k run I came came around to see you on your birthday and then I was like oh no no, no I'm not hungry at all and I, I came home and because I knew it was the run up to Christmas that I wasn't eating at all because I knew that I'd eat a bit over Christmas that I didn't want to overindulge in the run-up to Christmas. Yeah. And I remember getting on the scales at home, and I shouldn't have, but I do. And I looked at the, I looked down at the scales, and it said eight stone ten. Mhm. And since that day, anything over that weight now that I am, I feel like shit. Which is scary because, um, I, I think my cousin was, I, I want to say ten or around that age. And she weighed herself in. I'm pretty sure she was seven stone six and she was 10. So you, like I've said multiple times, need to talk to someone or do something about that because that's not right. And I rem- you, I've said to you before that being so low on weight, it's not it's not healthy and it's not it's not an, uh, a way to strive to. And you've said to me, no, it's it's normal weight. I've googled it. It's normal weight. Obviously, normal weight in its in its sense doesn't exist. But being that low for the age and height that you are, 
is not good, and I feel strongly that you need to talk to someone about that. I will say this as well, and it's going to sound hypocritical coming out of my mouth. If there is any listeners out there who are struggling mentally with their weight and their body image as well, don't be scared to get in touch with... So, I mean, it is sounding very hypocritical, but I want to reiterate the fact that people should look after their mental health. And, 1,000%. And the people might say, well, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing that? But I, I'm the type of person that would rather see that other people are cared to. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a very selfless person. I agree. And I would rather other people look after themselves and me being re- sort of like it reassures me that somebody else is okay within themselves and then I'll get round to me later. Wait, that maybe, doesn't may- happen. But maybe, maybe that is something I need. It's obviously something that I need to work on, obviously. It is. And I'm very... Go on. I was just going to say, and for obviously look after your own mental health, but also if you know someone's struggling and you can see that it's really weighing on them, that, that they're not the weight that they want to be or they are getting increasingly slimmer and it's not looking or not seeming like it's healthy. Or Don't be scared the, to ask them. In the other direction it. as well. Oh, it's, it's, not, it's not just all about getting skinny. If you, you are concerned about someone and they're sort, sort of going through, you know they're going through something and they've put on quite a considerable amount of weight because there's nothing wrong with putting on a little bit of weight when you are suffering with mental health issues, or there's nothing wrong with no. losing a tiny bit of weight if you're suffering. It's but it's when, it's when it goes to the extreme on either end of the spectrum. It's just, you just need to make sure that the people close to you and people that you see are okay, whether that's just, are you okay, and make sure you double check. And especially, like you say, if they seem to put on like a considerable amount of weight, I'll lose a considerable amount of weight. As a friend, as someone who cares for that person, you need to make sure that you're that you're vigilant and make sure that you are looking after yourself but also the people around you mm-hmm. um and making sure that that you help them out because like like i said i've had multiple conversations with daniel he's had conversations with me about things and it's just a sense of making sure that you are helping your friend where you can and obviously going going to talk to someone about issues isn't the easiest and i'm not saying if you've got these issues you need to force yourself to do this now but it's a sense of when it gets extreme and when it gets the point of it can affect them in the long run, you just need to make sure to push them or make sure to at least edge them into the right direction, whether you talk to them first and then slowly work up to them talking to someone else about it. You need to make sure that that they're okay. And like I say, with, with even having like this conversation with you now, it just shows how open some people can how close not open how close some people can be about it like I didn't know that but I but I knew at the same time and that's why I've had these conversations that's why it's important to have these type of conversations and to make sure that it happens uh, it continues to happen in the future make sure that we we create a, a, a better society going forward as well where people yeah like to I don't know where people can feel comfortable by loving themselves in the body that they're in and there's plenty of people that do it's just the odd pocket of people that take the piss and make fun of how other people look and that's just not on all this like pressure on in the mainstream media and you see programs such as 
Love Island. I mean, Love Island is terrible for I Love think. Island is ridiculous. Not even not even just for body image, but in terms of diversity and what for men for, for men and women. Yeah, it's it's it never good. And and other people in between. I'm not discounting anyone that's not male or female. But um, it it it's hard though. Like like you say, we've got all these things around us. Like like you say, in secondary, everything affects you more. Like in high school, it, everything affects you more, and that sticks with you. Primary, secondary is where you're still developing. Um, so getting these ideas in your head that young to for all genders to see how you should look, it, it's it's scary. The the pressure that's put on younger people. For example, I remember looking at. I don't. I, I feel like for me, it's more. I don't want to say what's the word. It's not self-conscious. It's like when you look at some. Is it conscious? You're not just, fully conscious of it. Well, just explain what you mean, and we'll see if we can figure out the word. Like I don't actively go on social media, look at people, and be like, "Oh, I should look at that." But it's almost like subconscious. It's subconscious. almost like a subconscious thing that I take in that I should look like that. So I remember looking through things in secondary, and I don't think I've ever said this to anyone before. But I remember being in secondary and. I used to wrap my stomach in cling film and like tight and leave mm. it overnight. And in the morning, because I saw this thing saying that it like catches sweat and then sweat makes you slimmer. So mm-hmm. I used to wrap myself up and I thought I'd be skinnier. And I used to even wear it to school sometimes when I didn't have PE to make myself seem skinny or make myself feel better. Obviously, wrapping yourself in clean film does not work, but I, I was desperate to try and find something and help to lose weight. And the thing is, as well, I feel like even to this day, I am scared to exercise for the pure, for, for two facts, for the fact that I feel like I'm going to get judged by other people firstly. Mm-hmm. And secondly, for the fact that I always get it in my head that if I'm going to exercise, nothing's going to happen. I'm not going to lose weight. I'm just going to feel big. I'm still going to feel fat. I'm not going to feel great. So I Do feel you like think I'm that's because it doesn't, it's not something that with exercise and diet, it's, you are a very impatient person anyway. <laughs> and I think that because it doesn't happen overnight, it's hard to stick to over a, yeah. period, a period of time when necessarily you haven't got a massive amount of willpower I mean like you say you've got it into your head that because it's not a quick fix you're looking for that quick fix I am uh, I've, multiple times it's... I've googled like tablets that I can take to speed up my BMI and stuff like that I mean I mean I can witter on about my eating habits but stuff like that that's not natural to put into your body isn't necessarily always going to help and people need to realize that a body image and get into that destination of what you want i've got that perfect image in in, whether that be mega like mega chiseled or just losing a a tiny bit of weight or just being healthy in general is not something that you can fix overnight it is a lifestyle choice i know and that i I think that's the hard thing i feel like because i'm i'm I've got myself in that space of being scared to exercise because I don't think anything's going to happen. I then don't do it. But then it's a cycle because then I get upset that I don't push myself to do these things and look at myself and think, oh, I look disgusting. Oh, I've, I'm fat. I've look at this belly and stuff like that. So it's, 
it's like an endless vicious cycle of not doing it because you're scared to do it but then you don't do it and then feel bad that you don't do it and feel upset within yourself mm-hmm. that you haven't and then it goes on again and again and again and i have recently ish end of last year going into this year I, I spoke to a therapist about it because it's it's one of those things where i didn't really want to talk to them about it but it got to a point where i was so upset and so down and i'm sure this has happened to a multiple of multiple people that i guess i was one of the lucky ones that took that step to talk about it even though it was mm-hmm. extremely fucking hard to do it it's helped me a little bit in terms of they've given me advice and given me resources to look at to and sort of brought it to my attention what where it might have stemmed from and why it's not reliable so i feel like it, it's helped me in that sense but again it's not like you say it's not something that you can fix overnight it's not something that that's really gonna go go away it's it's a case of live learning to accept you as cringy as it sounds accept you for your body and then know that it's never gonna be the same as someone else's no matter Mm. how hard i try like one extremely muscly person who goes to the gym 20 times a week someone could do the same thing and never look the same it's just the way people are built and our genes and people can go on about like like gym lads that are hardcore, hardcore can be like oh you just don't exercise enough oh you just don't eat right you just don't do that but it doesn't mean that i'm gonna look exactly like you ever it is just it's literally just a journey of cringy again but self-discovery and knowing that it's not always going, going to be what you want it to be but that doesn't mean that you can't be healthy and you can't be loved and you can't be happy with yourself once you've learned how how to treat yourself with some form of respect. Do you feel like you will ever get to that point in your life where you will feel happier in yourself? Um, me personally, sorry, I interrupted there. On, on the, that's um, fine. But me personally, the way I see it at the minute in my head, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Yeah, I was going to say the same it thing. It also doesn't help as well that we've had three national lockdowns. <laughs> we haven't been able to, and people, we haven't been able to get out and exercise properly like you'd want to. It also doesn't help that you haven't been able to see friends. I mean, we haven't seen each other. We haven't even been out for a walk. In um, Like it is permitted to go out for a walk anyway, but it's we haven't been out and seen each other in like, face-to-face in, like, almost a month. It's been crazy. That, that gets to you as well. Little things can lead up to little different things, and it leads up to one big, massive thing in the end, doesn't it? Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. I feel like it's hard for people within situations like ours and people that have, have it a lot worse than we do. Not saying our situation's not, not valid, because it is. A lot of people go through it, but... I feel like it's hard to see a light at the end of the tunnel sometimes. And with with us, uh, like we've been talking about it, it's just a case of finding the correct balance and finding what what works for us and what doesn't and how we can improve our own mental health, our health, health ourselves. And then if we need to speak to someone, we know that we've at least got each other and we've got people that we can talk to outside of just going to therapy it's but it's taking the first step to at least talk to someone that you trust for things to improve and like you say like we've talked to each other quite a bit and we know that we can help each other when if needs be 
but if anyone out there struggles with mental health mental health generally or especially on body image just know that it as cliche as it sounds it, it will eventually get better but it does take time and it's not something that can happen straight away so don't as harsh as it sounds you can't expect it to change in so the next sex the next month it it takes time to value yourself and like so we're i'm 22 you're 23 nearly 24 and it and we're still not 100 percent happy so mm-hmm. it's getting it's striving to get to that point and pushing yourself to do things that make you happy and know that you may not be what what you idealize but that doesn't make you any less valid or any less valued than those other people exactly exactly and it's i feel like you've said a lot there that resonates with a lot of people and and i'm not saying this this conversation or me saying that's gonna change people's mindsets or but it help help people straight away but i feel like it plant at least plants the seed to talk about it and uh, and branch out and make sure that you yourself are, are getting some form of help that you need or and taking advice or asking people their thoughts or how 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 you can improve as as an individual exactly and especially if you can't if you don't feel you can do it yourself because there's a lot of people out there that that are fortunate enough that can change their lifestyle choices because a diet and exercise and because i feel like we've touched upon body image and how we're feeling about losing weight and it's that dreaded diet word isn't it it's you can't see it you can't see it as a diet it's not a diet no i it's, hate that it is a light and this like i say you said cliche quite a lot of times it, it is a lifestyle choice it is your mindset of getting into it and making sure that you are happy with what you are doing don't take it from one extreme to the other yeah either. and I, th- I feel like that's definitely a valid point that you've made there and i feel like we should take just another little quick break and then go on how how people may be able to help improve their mental health and possibly go forward in into more of a personal journey going forward and we're back i feel like you 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 sound better (laughs) you sound better at saying that well, you, wow, say, say, you say finally, when it edits, it's only going to be like 10 seconds, not the 15 minutes that we just <laughs> It's because my mum was upstairs and uh, she's not listening to the episode till it comes out, you know. It's privacy reasons, you know. Yeah, we don't want anyone stealing our ideas and your mum getting a podcast of her own. Hell no, she'd be awful. That's she'd not really. awful. She's done any the best for it. Sorry. Again. We digress. Before, I noticed that before the lockdown, <laughs> <laughs> that's how long it felt. <laughs> before the break, we was talking about the first steps, about your your mental journey on the way that you feel about your body. But we're going to touch upon now about how you can start to open up and who's the best people to talk to and who maybe isn't the best people to talk to. But I think that yeah. depends on... That depends on the relationship people have with certain people, doesn't it? In a way, yes. But from uh, from my experience, anyway, it's best 
and I'm just going to put this warning out here in no way, shape or form, and me and Daniel are therapists. We yeah. are not telling you this is what you should do, but it's just advice on what, what we did to try and open up a little bit more and talk about our, our struggles with our body and our mental health. So with me, I first started talking to you because I knew that you'd struggled with weight and stuff before. And and obviously some people might not have people that ha- have had some struggles before, but I feel like opening up to someone that's close to you um, who's not a family member, more like a friend or a partner, I'd say, is probably, in my opinion, the best thing that you can do to start the conversation. Just due to the fact that obviously you've spent a lot, usually you've spent a lot of time with this person and they know you inside and out and more, more than likely they'll already have an inkling that something is not 100% correct and that's not always the case some people do hide it very very well um, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing if you don't if you find out that your friend's struggling and you wasn't aware that that's no detriment to yourself some people like I said are just really good at putting on that facade and um, but opening up someone say like a close best friend for example is probably the best place to start because i feel like the conversation would flow a lot easier and they'd have a lot more sympathy whereas someone say like a parent or uh, especially a grandparent it would be harder to have those first conversations just due to them growing up in a time where mental health wasn't taken seriously or as seriously and it was something that was taboo and not really talked about. Because I remember first, this is no detriment to my mum, because I love my mum and she's been great with me. But at first, I feel like she almost didn't even want to believe it or didn't believe it. Because I'm, I'm usually quite a happy-go-lucky person. So when I got to that place of where I was quite down, I, I think it sort of shocked her and scared her a little bit, because I've never been like that before. So having that first conversation with my mum was difficult, but again, I opened up to you and a couple of other close friends first, who I know also mm-hmm. have, been, have struggled a little bit as well um, with their mental health. So I feel like it's it's important to have those conversations with close friends first before you then go to your family. Because I know, I know having that conversation with your parents, because I'm, I'm extremely close with my mum. It's always just been me and my mum living together. So I'm extremely close with her. But it, it was still hard to have that first conversation because I, I felt like she'd feel feel differently about me or wouldn't take it seriously. So yeah. it's, it's definitely best to have conversations separate from those those types mm-hmm. of people first. Um, but again... That's just me and my, my my personal preference. To me, it's not... See, I haven't really opened up, per se, to anybody, particularly about struggles. It's normally, if it's in conversation, it's in conversation pretty much a lot of the time. I, I, I put on this, like you said, facade. It is the word. The word it is the correct thing. It is a facade sometimes. But... I think, so personally, me, it depends what type of relationship you have with parents and stuff like that. If you feel comfortable enough to talk to your parents about it, then you go ahead and talk to your parents about it. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. But to me, I don't want to necessarily put, and it's 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 not a pressure on anybody because you shouldn't feel like you're ever putting pressure on anybody no. talking about him because it's absolutely not. I wouldn't want my mum to get upset about how I'm feeling because mm-hmm. seeing I, I, you probably know seeing a family member upset knowing that they have also got issues going on in their life not necessarily body image issues at all but 
certain factors uh, about other certain things, I didn't want to, or I still don't want to, open up and talk about it, and then that be another thing on their mind. I feel like that's I mean? the thing. I, think I don't that, want that's it to weigh heavy you. on someone. That's the thing with you. I feel like me, obviously we've talked about your struggles a little bit, but again, I feel like you feel like it's a burden putting it on people, which it's not because people around you just want the best for you. But at the same time, I feel like you don't want, and I, I've been the same as well, you don't want people to worry about you. Because I feel as like a we're quite... As well, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, because we're quite, I don't want to say strong people, because I feel like that's putting we're, you so quite very, highly. But I, I want but to I say feel... we're very much like a, we're very much like a sponge. We will sit and soak <laughs> up, no, no, do you know what I mean? We will sit and yeah. soak up what other people have to say. And try and give our best personal advice on what to do because I think it's something we don't want to admit to ourselves that we've got personal issues. Yeah. And we will help other people the way what we can as a coping mechanism. I agree. And yeah. the line, especially the line of work that I'm in, and I work quite closely with uh, youngest people and um, students, and sometimes they have problems and they, they open up about their problems obviously and you're not going to open up to the, the students that you teach anyway oh no 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 no, I, no, 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 no get, what i'm saying no what i'm saying is what that's, mean, that's the line of work that i'm in i'm used to being the one that soaks up all the problems and dealing with it for other people or helping other people deal with it yeah that again is it, it's sort of like a, a right i'm doing this for other people i can feel not better about myself but then at least I'm not speaking to other people about my problems. Yeah, and I feel like because we're quite stubborn people in that sense, especially you, but I guess me as well, we're quite selfless in that sense. And I've said this to someone before, and like I say, you and me don't want to be the one. Not saying it's wrong to talk to people about it, but I feel like with our morals and who we are as people, we'd rather help other people than Mm -hmm. put put our I don't want to say issues because it's not an issue but uh how we how we're feeling onto other people especially if you know that they've gone through a similar thing before you almost feel bad for doing it but at the same time if you're there for someone if you are there for someone if they are close if they are your friend they should reciprocate that and make sure that you're okay as well it's a two-way it's a two-way streak because I always say two-way streak but it's a two-way streak yeah, two-way street. Two-way street, in that sense. And I know that I, me personally, could I could talk to you, I could talk to friends about it, but it was definitely a process. And it definitely took a long time for me to recognise that I had some form of issue uh, and then open up to you and then eventually talk to a professional about it. I think friends as well have also got to take the onus. If you're in a group of friends, I think you've got to look out for each other. Yeah, I think there was a, a good documentary on last night, Ronan. I don't know if anyone saw it, Ronan Kemp. Uh, I need to watch that. Mental health, and it was quite a good documentary actually. And the point that he reiterated was that friends should always ask how a person is doing twice. Yeah. Because the first time is just like a, oh, how are you doing? The second time is more like a, how, how are, are you doing? doing? Yeah. And if everyone took that onus upon them, themselves to ask how other people were, then people would feel a lot more comfortable opening up yeah. about things because they know that everyone's on the same page because there is such a stigma about... And we're not just talking about people talking about body image now, are we? 
We're talking about no. mental health in in general. Yeah, this applies to all people that suffer with any any form of mental health. Yeah, there is a stigma attached to it, and anyone suffering with absolutely anything don't feel like your problem is too small no. because there's there's this whole thing about oh well. And it's quite a, a, I don't want to say like a, a, a British mentality. It's not so much a British mentality at all, but you understand what I mean when I say like an uptight, uh, yeah. quite a, a fashion view of things. Why? Yeah. Why should I tell you my problems when there's something larger going on in the world? Yeah, and that, I, and I know especially that's how during a lot of these times. Feel. Yeah, and especially during these times as well, when there's literally hundreds of thousands of people dying of this dreadful virus yeah. that you sort of don't want to, and and especially when um you complain maybe like at the beginning of lockdown and, and a lot of teachers can feel the same way as well um because that is my line of work you don't want to feel like you're complaining because you don't want to feel like people are going to go oh well the nurses are going into work every day yeah. People doing this every day. No, if you feel like you are struggling, your problem is your personal problem and that is big enough. That is big enough. It's a big enough problem yeah. to be able to tell someone. Not a tiny it's not a tiny thing that doesn't matter. Yeah, mental health is probably one of the biggest killers, especially during this lockdown period. Mm-hmm. The amount of people that have taken their lives, even in the past like year, for example, is ridiculous. And being in lockdown wouldn't have helped people's mental health because we haven't been able to see people like you said we haven't been able to talk to people properly we've only been able to facetime people can put whatever they want because for example this video people can do whatever they want for say 10 15 30 minutes on on a zoom camera but as soon as that zoom camera is turned off it could be a completely different person exactly Uh, and we this is the reason that we need to make sure that we're talking to people make sure people are okay because we never know what's going on after a video call what what's going on after a phone call even after if if you go for a walk and come back you never really know what people are going through unless you ask so it's, think, definitely, it's definitely important yeah what we've also haven't touched upon as well is yes extremely important to get in, <clears throat> to him to get in touch with your friends and see how they're doing open up to people but it's also important as well Oh, um, nice bit of air bubble in my throat there. To spend time sort of self-reflecting and time to yourself. Everyone needs that time to themselves. And we've spent a lot of time, a lot of people have spent a lot of time with the same people every single day. Yeah. And I know that uh, you'll feel exactly the same as well. I love my family to pieces. Yeah. But there's only so much of them you can say. And it's the same goes for the people that you work with. You're doing the same thing. It's the same routine every day and there's only so much of that you can take you need to take time to yourself and step out of that routine and get into and do something for yourself and i don't know how many times that i've told you as well in this past year as well and i know when you've been struggling is take time even the simplest thing of going and running a bath and getting in the bath and just having a nice soak for like an hour is so relaxing, isn't it? And yeah. Some Self, fi- or even self-care. sitting in see, sitting in front of the... I haven't been able to do this for a while, and I'm looking forward to it during the Easter holidays, is sitting in front of the PlayStation and getting on the on the PlayStation and unwinding through that. And I, I yeah. used to say this to a work colleague all the time, um, Dan, and we'd go, oh, I'm just going to blow some shit up on the... Because <laughs> he used to say that all the time, and 
I can imagine for him it's very therapeutic to just go and blow some zombies up and do you know what I mean? Take that time for yourself away from others, but don't tread too far away from others if you get what I mean. Yeah, I get, I I definitely get what you mean because it's almost like, I don't want to say a distraction because you shouldn't then disregard your issue and think it's going to go away because you need to eventually come to terms with it. But like you said, just to blow up some scene, just to make sure that you're keeping yourself well and keeping yourself healthy, to have that bath, to go for that walk in the sun, go, go uh, do something that you enjoy. Shut up, we live in home. <laughs> but like, go, at least go for a walk, get some fresh air, do something mm-hmm. that, that you know will make you happy. Because then once you've got to that happy place, the self-reflection sort of shows itself. And you can see that you can you can be happy, that you can be secure while also dealing with and trying to resolve these internal issues, which, like we've reiterated multiple, many times throughout this podcast, it, it's hard to navigate and it's hard to come to terms with it and it's hard to admit it. But once you've taken that first step, once you feel happy, happy to do so and happy to open up after after that it's it makes it a lot easier um and gives you almost like your own helping hand to ease yourself into opening up a little bit more opening up more to yourself and understanding that it's not just you that that that's feeling that way that multiple other multiple other people do but your problem is your problem to solve and to come to terms with and that you're not alone in that battle uh, and if you do ever feel alone, know that you've got either people close to you that you can talk to or there's even free online people that you can talk to as well. And in the link and in the description of this podcast, we can put some mental health and body image specialists that that you could always reach out to if needs be. The body image and mental health is one of them topics that we can sit and talk about all day. Yep, 1000%. And it w- would be good to talk about mental health stigmas in a later episode yeah actually but i feel like we're coming to the end of this episode yes uh, so i know it's been a very deep one guys it's but been I feel a very like very it's, it's been a roller coaster but i feel like it's important like we've reiterated that to, to talk about these things and know that you're not the only one going through these things and it does it will get better it's just hard as we know to get to that point but if you did like this episode Firstly, please share it with others. Please make sure that your friends are okay. Make sure your family members are okay. It's not just about the younger generation. It is, it does happen to other people as well. So just make sure everyone around you and who you who you love is okay. If you like, I say if you did enjoy, please leave your opinions on our Instagram at uh, our interracial opinions or Twitter at interracial ops, or you can always send us an email uh, with different topics. Or if you did want to comment on this episode. Or if you did want to share anything with us, you can always email us at ourinteracialopinions at gmail.com. And stay tuned for next week's episode where we're going to be talking about life in lockdown, really, aren't we? Well, I say lockdown. Lockdown Lockdown 1, 2 and Trez. My favourite trilogy. (laughs) Not Star Wars, not Back to the Future. Lockdown.